welcome to episode six of the A Couple With podcast. Please be advised that today's topic of conversation is suicide. Today, I'm having a couple with Lou Fletcher. Lou is a suicide prevention activist, a mental health advocate, and the founder of the hashtag Be More Sunflower movement. Welcome. I'm so pleased to have you on today. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Just sat here with my cuppa, maybe a cup of coffee, but it is a cuppa. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Any sort of liquid is fine. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been holding up in the uh, lockdown at the moment? Uh, life is different, but it is also reminiscent of what's been going on for, I'd say, my lifestyle since 2018 in terms of having a balanced life having time for your loved ones so for me the narrative hasn't really changed but it's different seeing what's going on in the wider world mm-hmm. mm, definitely so tell us about your story then and how you came to set up the project okay so the, pro- so the project is a sunflower by prevention project um, and this was created by myself at the end of 2019 uh, so I'll give you a bit of a backstory uh, prior to contextualising what the project is itself. So I was studying law and I was going to be a barrister. Um, I was at university and I myself had a breakdown <clears throat> and I tried to take my own life. So it came from a place of when I had um, used the time after to really, really connect with myself, get myself well again. I wanted to stand up and basically give hope to those that are going through um, a dark place so they don't get to too dark a place in their lives. I think with mental health, experience goes such a long way. Yeah. Um, so too does compassion. So being in a situation, albeit everyone's situation is very different, but when you are in a really dark place, it's very, very lonely. Um, and it's very isolating so I think it was really important to use my voice and my experience to create change within the mental health landscape I've witnessed uh, lots of issues myself and I wanted to create something that was going to flourish people's mental health so as far as I'm concerned mental health accessibility is too formal detached and delayed so the Mm -hmm. services are letting people fall through the net. I'm not saying that the services themselves are not doing as best as they can. However, there's a large, large population of people who are not accessing them for the various different reasons. So I wanted to basically create something for those individuals who may not be at the stage of talking therapies by choice, um, or they may not want talking therapies because that's just not how they align. So I did lots and lots of creativity and I decided to create the Sunflower Suicide Prevention Project. So I can give you a bit more information about that. So we are based in Bristol um, and we are a community. So it's based, it felt like tea, like a cup of tea. Yeah. Um, because that, that's a wider point as well about tea bringing people together and making people pause in their day. Um, we're a community of people who come together to prevent suicide by creating some flower coloured pom-poms with attached grounding in the moment compassionate notes and we distribute different parts of the city 
uh, of Bristol, North Somerset and South Gloucestershire. Um, initially got some funding from Bristol Independent Mental Health Network. And what we do is we distribute to different parts um, within the city and the places, like I said. So think of like nightclubs, train stations, bus stops, cafes, pubs, bars, green spaces, and in particular university campuses and educational spaces. So why we're doing it, specifically created around this project, is that it's a reminder so people don't feel alone and yeah. to remind them that people care about them during the darkest of times. So when they are maybe traveling to work via the train or whether they are um, having a coffee with their loved ones in a coffee shop and on paper they look like they're living their everyday life and everything's fine, it may not be. And when you are going through that dark place, hope is often lost and it's incredibly isolating. So it's really, really important visible signs of compassion and togetherness so that is basically what it's founded on um, and the community not only helps those who take the pom-poms um, and they're free for people to take and yeah. it's incredible the reception but they also help the people who create them because a lot of people that are part of the project have been either directly or indirectly affected by suicide so the conversations that happen alongside crafting are invaluable in making them feel not alone and also connecting with themselves mm -hmm. and over 240 people have signed up to become part of the project and I have an open door policy whereby it's not necessarily the same people making all the time because as with mental health it's not a linear landscape yeah. so I want to have as many voices as possible so if that means some months you're able to do more and some months you're able to do less in terms of making behind the scenes that's absolutely fine. So that's essentially the project thus far. And over, I think we're now on 880 pom-poms have been taken. Wow. Which is just incredible because you just don't know how many people's lives you've actually affected. No. So where did the idea of doing the sunflower coloured pom-poms come from? So two things. The sunflowers come from I think the mental health landscape needs to become more sunflower hence the hashtag be more sunflower movement yeah. the sunflowers symbolize not only are they yellow so they're positive but actually having mental health illnesses does not always need to be negative that's the paradox as well um, the fact that they grow in fields together symbolizes the sense of solidarity the fact that they turn towards the light the bloom turn towards the light in order to get their strength and grow. That's the same as individuals should be turning towards their own lives to be mindful, to mm. learn the tools of how to nourish their own lives. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they produce seeds, so they abundance of seeds. So if I learn about my mental health, I can then go and pass the seeds on to other people. So I think some flowers encapsulate what mental health needs to become like in the landscape. And then the pom-poms come in the sense of it's a tactile um, item it's right. something tangible it's something that can be hung on your mirror it could be in your bag it could be in your car it could be absolutely anywhere with you that is a reminder that you are loved and strong which is the uniform to know from there and why it's the shape of a pom-pom is that it can access as many people as possible to create. So I could have created something, the design a lot more complicated. Mm. Um, maybe in the shape of a sunflower crochet was going to be the original idea, but it would have meant 
certain people would have found it difficult to make so right. it helps with people's ages so that's why um and we can affect as many lives as possible because pom-poms are great to make and they're really nostalgic brilliant thank you during the time that you set it up what helped you come up from being in such a dark place to where you are now what sort of advice would you give to those who are currently especially during lockdown at the moment i think talking about mental health is a, is huge and i think it's really important um what helped you during those dark times that you could probably like in terms of advice you would give to somebody else who is probably going through that at the moment that there is light at the end of the tunnel and they do they can get help i want to first say that life is not a binary life can be tough it can be bloody lonely mm. and it's also beautiful and the only thing that truly got me through was family and compassion and for me family does not necessarily need to be blood family however family is your support it's your tribe it's your group that you have so if you feel that you are alone that's why things like these pom-poms are a way of saying you are loved and strong and those words were chosen because when i was in that dark place you didn't feel lovable you couldn't show yourself the love and you didn't feel it you just couldn't get the energy to feel it and you feel so weak and you feel so vulnerable so the strength is something that really needs to be found and sometimes you can't find it within yourself so i would say show yourself compassion and no one size fits all it's not easy however there's definitely definitely light at the end of the tunnel please remember those individuals that will be left behind because for every suicide for everyone that takes their own life over 20 people are affected the figures are shocking in themselves mm -hmm. however it's the people that are left behind and people say it's incredibly selfish to take your own life however until you're in that dark place you just don't know and a lot of people want the pain to end so it's little steps don't run before you can walk don't try and access the support if you feel that you're not ready however try and try show yourself little bits of kindness so that could be tangible practical forms of kindness it could be uh, the way that you talk to yourself language is incredibly important and the inner dialogue a monologue and i would say even dialogue because sometimes mm -hmm. you have thoughts that might be more positive then you have thoughts that are negative and those conversations are going on within your head and it's become incredibly tangled. So pause when you are having those thoughts and really ground yourself. And that's why also these pom-poms have a triangle, um, the grounding triangle, because when you are struggling, whatever it may be, because suicide is, like I said, no one size fits all. People take their own lives for so many different reasons. Mm -hmm. The overarching um common denominator that i have seen to have noticed in a lot of people is the pain that they're going through and the tanglement of thoughts so just please please pause and reflect not necessarily on the negativity but on the prospectivity and reach out to people 
that you feel are your support network. So that could be not necessarily services, so like mental health services. Mm -hmm. It could be anything that brings you that little glimmer of hope. And that will grow and grow and grow and grow as long as you give it water and you sprinkle the nutrients on it and it will grow into a sunflower and you will look back and you will think, gosh, what have I gone through? But there is, there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. There really is. Yeah. And do you think, um, like, because one, one thing that I really loved about your story was that you were quite open about the fact that this happened whilst you were at university. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, you know, you're studying for a, for a law degree and you wanted to become a barrister. Um, and I think it's really important to to share that. And I, I, and I said that that to me really helped because I myself have struggled with mental health issues and I found university incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think if I was at university now during this time, I think I would still find it incredibly difficult because mm-hmm. now you've got social media. Mm-hmm. Do you think that universities could do more maybe to support young people with their mental health? So I think social media is an incredible forum if used healthy, healthily with their parameters. I think hashtags are incredible for connecting people together. I think it's a tool and I think unfortunately when it was sprung upon us people didn't know how to use the tool and the knee-jerk reaction was comparison it was looking at the number of likes so when you look at the different countries that are getting rid of the likes that's incredible as far as I'm concerned Mm. because the tool in which it was designed to be hopefully if these good eggs made them was to bring people together through common interest so I think if social media is used widely it can be good for mental health I really really do um so in terms of university a lot more can be done Mm -hmm. I think it's a cultural shift that's needed I don't think there are necessary tangible individual things that in isolation create the problem it's a cultural attitude shift Mm -hmm. that's what it boils down to and that's the hardest thing to do however changing attitudes from top down to bottom up leading by example with mental health as well in the sense of academics I think universities wider than just the students I think staff as well have a heck of a lot to do with I absolutely agree um so I as when I say university experience I my heart goes for staff and students together um so my personal experience and I'm very mindful that everyone's experiences are different with mental health Mm -hmm. umbrella terms are useful because you can see some similarities with other people but Mm -hmm. i think it's also really important to remember that each individual situation is different Mm -hmm. but when i was there i witnessed a lack of kindness and (laughs) just a sausage in a sausage factory and if you are going to become a sausage, that's fine. But on university open days, you should be told that you're just going to be a sausage. <laughs> and then you know what you're letting yourself in for. <laughs> if you're sold a different story, mm-hmm. then that's not good. I think, the, I think one of the problems is a lot of people don't know themselves. Yeah. And I think going to university at 18, stereotypically, um and moving to a different location 
losing your support networks that you'd ordinarily rely upon to have your coping mental health coping mechanisms is so burdensome on individuals alongside trying to learn a new academic discipline maybe um, alongside substance misuse it is an absolute catalytic for disaster so I think there's no department so whether that's like the health sector of the the health services at the university mm-hmm. I think it's a whole university approach that's needed and I think everyone needs to be uniformed hence what I mean by cultural shift yeah. and I and I think by changing attitudes so that's linking with stigma that's linking with changing how they could be kinder from when they send out emails if you're not turning up to lectures because um, some universities are now doing lecture counts and things like that so if they're not turning up tutorials sending out a blanket email basically threatening people could leave mm-hmm. what is that actually going to do mm-hmm. other than signal to that individual that they're not worthy that links to things like self-esteem and as far as I'm concerned <laughs> self-esteem is like a no-no you cannot judge your value and yourself by self-esteem because it relies upon external factors and life is not always going to be successful you're going to have failures so if you are relying on a successful failure to determine your sense of worth it ain't a recipe for uh, wholesomeness it's the complete opposite (laughs) no absolutely i agree because you know like i said i found university quite difficult and they would do exactly that they would send out a blanket email to people and say if you're in that particular frame of mind that one email could ruin your whole day and mm-hmm. it could just make you spiral into a black hole that you then have to somehow lift yourself out of and sometimes you're not strong enough to do so and when i went to university which is there there wasn't as many places it was it was very much of the culture that you just needed to get on with it and you couldn't really speak to your 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 friends about it at university or anything to say that you're struggling and the lecturers definitely didn't really understand um what you were talking about and and they were just like oh you just need to get on with it stiff off a lift off you go Mm. i think the numbers is a big issue so the number of people now going to university there's too many people going as far as i'm concerned because it loses its potency of what a uni degree can give you Mm. so then there's a crisis for graduates so it's not just when you're at uni it's knowing when you're leaving or you've left that actually there's no sort of hope in terms of like a job um and you know you've gone through all of that so there's no it's a very difficult way of putting pressure on younger people and being the norm i think at 18 you don't know who you are no i really don't um I think very few people do know who they are at such a young age. Mm -hmm. So I think people need to be equipped with skills and tools prior to going to university. And then they're better informed. So whether that is through volunteering, uh, so like some sort of like national service, and then they can connect with themselves a lot more. Um, And then they might think, gosh, I don't actually want to go and study that subject, or I don't even want to go at all. so yeah, I think the landscape is very interesting and I think it's only going to get worse if the numbers get more and it gets greedier because mm. that's what it comes down to. So when, when you were at university 
and you had your breakdown or and you were in that dark place did you reach out to anyone whilst you were at university so when i was there i created um relationships with people that were not necessarily the formal line of contact my personal tutor was a tick box exercise their skills that were involved in that was just beyond belief it was more academic with a personal tutor hat uh, so they weren't the person that i was that i was meant to reach out to but i didn't feel comfortable because you only meet with them very seldomly mm. so i reached out to uh, two individuals who are part of the law school and I explained to them how I was feeling um, and how it was kind of going beyond the point of wanting to stay there and I was shown such kindness and not a university speech uh, monologue what I would call in order to keep me there but actually a kind humanist approach so those individuals are not paid to be those individuals that's mm -hmm. not their formal role so i think that's part of the problem is that there are not enough of these individuals yeah. uh within trains to have list active listening skills mm -hmm. and who are kind and put people in touch with other resources um so people don't know that they're out there so they think the only form of help are maybe the wellbeing services who have such long delays, mm -hmm. the counselling part of it, who I tried doing counselling to university and I was told so many awful things, I just couldn't quite believe it. I right. rang my mum crying and said, I can't believe what I've just been told and suggested to me, I don't want to go back. And I actually spoke to some of my friends about it and they've gone through similar experiences not just at my uni but other unis too and the services that are there we just don't encourage you to use them mm. so it's really sad it's really really sad that there's all this money going into these services but I'm not quite sure who they're employing on right. what ground because having a mental health qualification don't get me wrong is great um I also work um, as mental health recovery worker I'm trained um, in that too but I think experience goes such a long way and I don't know unless you've been somewhere it's very very hard for people to want to open up to you yeah I think it's I think it's really important for well for me anyway in, in my own personal experience it was really important for me to be able to relate to the person I was talking to mm -hmm. and yeah. be able to relate my story or even feel like the other the person that was listening to me as I was going through my own therapy um, understood what I was talking about. So I didn't want to feel like I was explaining myself and justifying why I was feeling a particular way. I think that in my, in my own personal experience, I think that's one of the things that was really important to me and that would help me. That's what I'm saying. That's also why I'm quite um, open on social media. So on my Instagram, for example, I use like the Instagram uh, stories to be able to show behind the scenes of the reality of what it's actually like. Mm -hmm. And I run workshops both externally, uh, so like on the high streets or in cafes and things like that, prior to lockdown happening. Um, but also internally, so whether that's at corporations um, and things like that, places like that, and people can 
create that sort of bond prior to coming to a workshop. So there's that sort of, um, gosh, what are they going to be like? Are they the type of person that I'm going to relate to? That goes. and they can see what they're going to get themselves in for and if it's not your jam that's totally cool but then you've made an informed choice Mm -hmm. so I actually use social media to be as transparent and as open as possible in a dialogue um because I totally agree I think that's why cups of tea and going for walks and sitting down with people mental health does not need to be complicated no to be a prescriptive formulaic approach because minds are complicated mm-hmm. um people are complicated mm-hmm. and sometimes i have found the simplest ideas and the simplest ways of relating to someone go the furthest i really do definitely i agree so talk about your workshops the workshops that you do how people can get involved in them mm-hmm. So the workshops have changed um, as time's gone on because I think it's really important to take stock and think, is this working? Can this be improved? Um, So they are called the Sunflower Self-Compassion and the Sunflower Solidarity Workshops. So the Self-Compassion is all looking at tools of bringing compassion into your life and the Solidarity Workshops are all around stigma and not feeling like you're alone, so talking openly about mental health. So when you come to a workshop, um, so this is like a, a standardised form, but they can change. So if I'm at a festival, it's very different when I'm in a cafe, for example. Um, but you'll always have a means of having a cup of tea and cake or a hot drink of your choice and cake. Um, so again, that breaks the ice of when you come in. Um, it's all founded on creativity because uh, creativity is incredibly potent and powerful for mental health, uh, not only the word itself, because it means bringing about into bringing something about. So, with mental health, you're bringing your own sort of toolkit into existence. And like I said, what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for you. However, there might be some commonalities that I could learn from you. Yeah. Um, creativity also gets you out of your head and uses your hands, which is incredibly, like I said, when you're in a dark place, you can get lots of tanglement going on. And it also breaks the ice because you can bond over doing creative things together. Not necessarily arty, because people say, I can't do art. If you say to someone, are you creative? Oh, I'll try that. So Mm. it's all about the idea of adult play, because when you're an adult, you're meant to know what you're doing in your life all the time, but no one really knows you can try as you can. (laughs) So you come in, you have your hot drinking uh, cup of tea, hot drinking cake, um, and you start making the pom-poms. Um, again, simple idea, but it's a way of getting involved in the project. And then in the solidarity, we go on to talking openly about mental health whilst creating. So it's not one-on-one, it's not therapy, it's all centred around togetherness. So talking openly in the sense of um, maybe issues that you've been facing, so then you know that you're not the only one going through similar sorts of things, so it's linking with common humanity. Um, it could be looking at ways in which you overcome certain issues. It's just having a dialogue with somebody different that you may not necessarily mm-hmm. um, or talk to. And then you move and then you do what's called the self-care swap. So you bring an item to swap with somebody else. Okay. And I firmly believe you are an expert of your own mental health and your experience of 
having something that can make you feel more wholesome can maybe bring some light into someone else's life mm-hmm. and you can explain why that item helps you so it could be a book it could be a plant it could be absolutely anything and it's the idea that you create your own interpretation of what self-care means to you mm-hmm. and then you swap it with somebody else and then it's a lovely way of like rounding off the session um, and the workshop of then coming back together as a whole group and um, making sure that we obviously take time out after because things can be brought to the surface mm-hmm. so like TLC after a workshop is so so important um, and if people want to get involved in the project they can they can have more information about it but equally if that's what they needed at that workshop that's totally fine mm-hmm. um, and if they want to come back to a similar one they can but yeah they are the workshops and the tool workshops are great it's um, a lot of the time writing a letter from the perspective of a loved one yeah. Or if you have a loved one in mind, somebody that can show levels of compassion to themselves. Um, and it's reframing how you use negative voices. Um, so you bring a sense of kindness to yourself when you can't find it within your own. Great. I, lo- I, lo- I really love the letter. Um, I used to do that and I still do that now, actually. So if I do find that I'm struggling um Mm. and my thoughts are getting a bit jumbled or i'm going into my little black hole of doom that i i Mm. call that's what i call it that's my my little thing um Mm. i do still write that letter and i will write it Mm. to either somebody who i'm close to and i Mm. i feel safe um or i might even write it to myself um and then i just pop it away but it really, really helps. I think it really helps. And I absolutely agree with what you say. It's about the way that you talk to yourself, your own narrative and how you speak to yourself. Your own monologue or dialogue is really important. Are kind to yourself and use kind words to, to support yourself and your own mental health as well. So how can people get involved in the workshop? So where are they? How do people know about these workshops? Is it off your website or do you do it on your social media? Uh, so workshops are advertised, like it depends, if they're external workshops, so anyone can come to them, uh, it's through um, my social media, but it's also on Eventbrite um, when they are listed and mm-hmm. a local platform as well in Bristol. So at the moment, they're just based in Bristol. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they're internal, obviously, that's when I get asked to go into places to do them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the workshops are a developing um idea because it's another part of the sunflower suicide prevention yeah um, so like i said just the project but as time went on it came to light then it's more of a campaign yeah and it's different ways of tackling suicide prevention so it's not at the point of crisis it's not therapy it is at a point where little acts of compassion can go such a long way and you don't know how far they'll go so that who they're designed for for the people that are not at the stage of talking therapies who don't want them or like I said they're not at the stage um so I'm just like very clear that's what they are and what, that's yeah. Not what they are. yeah mm-hmm. and what about getting involved in the project um how do people get involved in that uh, so at the moment like I said it's based in Bristol South Gloucestershire and mm-hmm. North Somerset um yeah. I have been asked to expand but unfortunately I well I didn't say unfortunately I want to be mindful I don't want to expand too quickly. Mm. Um, but 
again they can get in touch with me on social media which is at the sunflower gal so it's the dot sunflower gal mm-hmm. and it's g-a-l so um there are different ways that people can get involved um, whether that be they want to create the pom-poms themselves so in their home environment whether they want to distribute them whether they want to um, host the workshops uh, to their locations they uh, want to have us to do the different self-compassion workshops and the solidarity and um, they might be a media platform that want to amplify our activist voice um, or they might want to donate to us in terms of like money um, because it's a very far-reaching project but it takes resources so just being mindful of that as well so we can reach as many people as possible um, in a loving and kind way so it's a varied way of how people can get involved and like I said it's based in Bristol, South Wales and North Somerset but it's an open door um, so it's a case of if you want to get involved and um, there's no pressure because it's really important not to overburden people uh, but equally if you do want to your the door is always open and welcome and received and it will all be on the contact details that will be in the footnotes of how you can get involved brilliant thank you okay so on that note i'm going to ask you a final question which i ask um all of my guests and it is looking back on where you were the setting of of the project and how far you've come and where you are now what words of wisdom would you give your former self and why always listen to your gut because intuition really enables you to be authentic and it opens up doors that you think were not possible because it gets you to such a place where your passion just is and you're able to be with it and people can see through that and they can really see words and actions shining through. So the intuition that I felt back on mental health world mental health day in October 2019 which was suicide prevention that is how I acted and created what I created by a mere Facebook post asking for lovely humans and this was my idea and as time went on it evolved and voices helped to create what it is now but the only thing that has really stayed solid throughout is listening to my intuition. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. I am absolutely humbled that you uh, agreed to do a podcast with me. I think your story is really inspiring and I really hope that whoever is listening today will reach out for any support that they may feel that they need. Um, but I but I am really, really glad that you uh, you have uh, allowed me to share your story. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And ordinarily, I would give you a pom-pom. So I'll give you a virtual pom-pom. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, how beautiful. Here's yours. And the idea is that they all look slightly different because people's minds are all slightly different. And it's yeah. your interpretation. Um, so yeah, here's your virtual pom-pom. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs>
affected by anything that we have discussed in today's podcast, then please may I encourage you to contact Samaritans on 116-123 or text SHOUT to 85258. Thank you.